Partly cloudy and minus 9 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. For the third day in a row, our province reported a new one-day record of positive COVID-19 test results. On Saturday, Alberta Health announced 1,336 new cases of COVID-19. Hospitalization rates are also on the rise. 320 Albertans require care. 56 of those are in the ICU. Nine more people have lost their lives. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Dealing with light volume and dry road conditions this morning, we are running problem-free all across the city so far, making for a smooth ride. As for construction, 12th Avenue between Center Street and 1st Street Southeast have various lane closures by construction today. This goes until 7 p.m. Help protect you and the people around you by getting your flu shot. Book your flu shot appointment at Rexall today. Visit rexall.ca. Subject to vaccine availability. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Tay Yusin. Some residents in the riding of Banff Kananaskis are upset with their UCP MLA Miranda Rosen over a flyer she sent out. The mailer encourages Albertans to be optimistic about the future of the province's economy, but it starts off by saying, quote, with the worst of the COVID-19 health pandemic behind us. Associate Professor at Mount Royal University, Laurie Williams, says Rosen's mailer could not have come at a worse time for the UCP. Because this is so visceral, because this is affecting lives and livelihoods, uh, I doubt this is something people are going to forget in two and a half years. And the government is squandering an opportunity to to basically speak in a way that that uh, addresses where Albertans are. In a statement on Facebook, Rosen says the newsletter was sent to print in early fall when things were better, but only was delivered this past week. The widow of a Calgary cyclist who was killed earlier this year while riding his bike is warning drivers to watch out for vulnerable road users. Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports. It's been nearly six months since Chelsea Mesa's husband, Corey, was critically injured while he was riding his bike home from work. He was taken to Foothills Hospital where he died a few days later. Chelsea found out this week that police charged the man who was driving the car that hit Corey with careless driving and making an unsafe left turn. The maximum fine for careless driving in Alberta is $2,000 and a three-month driving suspension. Chelsea calls that a slap on the wrist. She thinks stiffer fines might make people more aware of the power they have behind the wheel. She wants all drivers to be more aware of vulnerable road users, pedestrians and people on bikes and motorbikes and is speaking out in the hopes that others won't have to experience the loss she has. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. The search for a new name for the Edmonton football team is officially underway. Edmonton replaced its old team name in June after criticism from many in the Inuit community who said the name was offensive. Chris Presson, the president and CEO of the Edmonton football team, says starting today, fans can head to the team's website to vote on what the new name should be. This isn't necessarily a popularity contest or necessarily even a contest. It's us seeking input uh, to see what fans prefer, specifically Edmontonians and Albertans. And uh, we'll take that information and that whole amalgamation of information, we'll process it. Preston says the team will then come back with a narrowed list of names and see what Albertans, but specifically Edmontonians, think. It should be, The process will be open for the next 10 days. 
Santa School trains aspiring Satanics in Calgary and books them for holiday events. But this year, it's being done differently. Jeremy Andrews is assistant dean of Santa School. He says the pandemic has been brutal for small businesses, but he and his wife were determined to keep things going this year. There were none of the usual day-to-day courses to train Santas on voice projecting, character development, and costuming because it wasn't safe. However, they've started a food truck, which they've decorated to make it look like Santa's village, so kids can visit with Santa outside and from a safe distance. Global News Sky Tracker weather increasing cloudiness early this morning, a high of 2 degrees, partly cloudy tonight, a low of minus 3, clearing in the afternoon tomorrow, a high of 0. It's minus 9 at 9.05, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we're having a great day out there so far. And yesterday, gorgeous day, um, was it plus six or seven yesterday? Sun was shining. Get out there, get that vitamin D going into you. So it's uh, probably one of the best things to build up your immune system. So let's all get out there and get some sunshine. Plus it feels pretty good on your on your face and just that nice sunshine. Great for your plants too through the windows and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, if you have any snow left, again, we're supposed to have a fairly decent week where it's going to be fairly warm. So you might want to do a bit of snow farming, bit of that kind of stuff is great at this time of year as well. And uh, if you if you haven't dusted off your your house plants or, or any of those things at this time too, uh, on these, some of these warm days, it's, a, it's actually a perfect day to, to just go outside, spray down those uh, tropical plants, give them a little shot, and uh, hose them down, hose the dust off them. Um, unless you have a big shower, you can take them in there, <laughs> do it in there, which works as well. Um, got a couple things going on. We're going to talk some bird seed. Uh, the, the people from the Wild Bird Food Company is going to come in from Chinridge. They're going to come in, and we're going to chat about bird seed a little bit later on in the show. And then we have Jen. She's calling in from the from the greenhouse down at Spruce It Up and she's gonna chat about what's hot down there. Lots of great stuff in the in the store right now and uh, lots of great plants and all that kind of fun stuff. So Jen's gonna let us know what's going on there. Christmas trees are arriving this Tuesday. And uh, I know we've had a lot of people asking already, and um, so I would definitely, uh, if you're looking at getting a fresh cut tree, I know there's a few places in town that already have them, um, but for the most part, I know a lot of the lots are just getting set up, and this is typically the week when we'll see most of that, uh, most of the Christmas trees come in at this time, so it should be uh, a good time to, to get out there and get your Christmas tree ready to go. Also, I uh, got a couple of texts already. If you want to join me on the phone lines, uh, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Phone lines are wide open. And also the text, but I'm already getting the text going. And I know Kevin before me, I was just reading a bunch of the the Edmonton Oilers stuff. So I, he had, uh, not the Oilers, the Edmonton Eskimos. I'm not an Edmonton Oilers fan, but I do have a Gretzky jersey in my office. Um, I, I don't like the Oilers, but you have to respect a guy like that. So, anyways, that's just uh, 
my thing. Here's one. I have mold in the dirt of my Christmas cactus. And when I look in there, it, it it's sort of, yeah, it's just, it's, you're keeping it maybe a little bit too wet. And, and that's just the mold growing on any of the organic matter. So I would just stir that up and, and see what you can do. We do have those mosquito dunks in, but they're not, they'll be ready for sale tomorrow. Um, people are using them. We, we got them individually, so you don't need to buy five or eight of them at one time. And you mix them up for fungus that. So we'll have those ready to go this week. And uh, and with directions on how to how to treat your fungus gnats with those mosquito dunks, so we'll have the directions on that as well, so you'll be able to deal with that. But I would just stir that soil up a bit. Just go in there if if you have like a, a fork or a spoon or a set of chopsticks or something. Just go in there and stir up the soil a little bit. Just get it aerated so that way. Um, you get a little bit more air. And I just watch how much water you're using. Typically, when you start getting mold in the soil, you're just keeping it a little bit too wet. So at this time, I would definitely just slow down in the watering, especially in the wintertime. You can probably cut it in half as much. And also, I got another one here. It says, good morning, Merle. Please tell me how to look after poinsettias to keep them healthy until Christmas. Should I fertilize? They shouldn't need any fertilizer. Um, one of the easiest ways, they, and they don't need to be in bright sun or anything, but they can be in a, in a decent lit place. The biggest thing is do not overwater or do not water them with the foil and fill them right up so they just sit in water afterwards. They do not like that. They're a type of, type of cactus. So just let dry in between waterings, not too, too dry, but let them dry in between waterings, just like any other host plant. Let them dry and they will perform beautifully for you and they should last throughout the whole season um they are probably one of the 50 acre plants to get going i know people who grow them we used to grow them years and years and years years ago um you start them in august a lot of people don't realize that and then the lighting and all that stuff to get them to do what they got to do you got to appreciate what they what they go through and uh, ours are grown locally here under our good Alberta sun. So we actually have a really nice selection and they look great. So um, lots of colors. And uh, so anyways, if you're looking to get those, the biggest thing with them, <laughs> again, not, not too wet. Don't, wa don't water them with the foil. They, they, they do not like sitting in water. It does not do them well. They don't, do not like it. One bit. Okay. I'm going to go to, here we are. Will my cedar bush die if I don't cover them in burlaps? No, you sh actually, in, in Calgary, you shouldn't wrap them in burlap. Um, what that does, it almost creates an oven. You can, you can go a few feet away from it to block the wind or create it like a, a snow fence where the snow will drift on the other side of it. But the reason they do that, and most of it's done in Ontario. So we see the, 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 what do you call it? The journalism or the articles in papers and garden magazines and thing about wrapping. It's mainly done in Ontario and other places where they get that really, really heavy snow and they wrap it to keep that off. And also years ago, 
when everyone was talking acid rain and the pollution, but that doesn't seem to happen anymore. So I'm not sure what happened with all that acid rain. And I, I think a lot of things are a lot cleaner nowadays. Um, our houses are giving off way cleaner emissions. Our cars are cleaner, um, all that kind of stuff. So one thing I would do though on a week like this, when it's so beautiful, is uh, with your cedars and and just sent me a picture of four great ones along a fence. Is use a product called Wilt Proof. It's like a lip balm for all your um, tender evergreens. So just when it's warm like this this week and today, go there, give them a really good soak with uh, with the Wilt Proof, and you can do it every couple months on a warm day. And it just works like a lip balm, protects them from that really dry. Um, wind any kind of desiccation it's an anti-desiccant it works really really well and just make sure you have a little bit of bark mulch around them looks like you do in the fabric but maybe not put a little bit of bark mulch around there just to keep them frozen and actually that picture looks like it was just after you just planted them because the pots are full of soil right beside them i'm assuming so anyways do that and uh, you should be in good shape going through the winter as well and actually, right now, actually, I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me again, like I was saying, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Or in a town, 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite Christmas store. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Jen, and she's down at the greenhouse in uh, tropical paradise. Since we don't get to travel, she gets to travel five days of the week when she's down at the <laughs> greenhouse at Spruce It Up. And uh, good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, you're just absorbing all that vitamin D through the greenhouse. So absolutely, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So I, I take a day off or part of a day yesterday, and I look on the social media, and then you guys put uh, a big sale on. Yeah, surprise! <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. Oh, were we so share that with you first. Or? <laughs> uh, uh, we'll let it go for this weekend. Oh, it's, okay. it's the Christmas season, right? Let's uh, absolutely, yeah. Um. So what so what's your sale going on down there? First and foremost, we'll talk about that. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a buy one get one fifty percent off sale on all tropicals, excluding our Christmas tops right now. All our um, okay, right poinsettias, the Norfolk pine, um, the zygo cactus, so the Christmas cactus, and I think the rosemary are out of that, but the rest um, is all ready to go. Awesome, and you you guys got some great stuff in from Florida and a couple other places mm-hmm. last week or two. Yeah, do so, we ever? Yeah, yeah. There's um, I really like those big. Uh, what are they? Not the the Marble Queens. The not. Why can't I, I think them. of those? Pothos. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are looking good. There's those sort of the white variegated, and then you have the golden ones as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Marble Queen's really pretty. There's some of them are um, they're quite white actually. They're really nice to look at and uh, nice contrast for the green. We, we like that contrast to kind of help the green pop too against other plants as well. Mm, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you got variegated is in right. It just seems like anything variegated people are loving right now. 
It seems to be. I know that um, we had some we had some variegated uh, firms in um, earlier in the season, and they went pretty quick. We haven't. I don't know if we've had our hands on any others, but they were so pretty with the just subtle, you know, as well. Something different. Yeah, and you right? got People, the, the variegated yeah. uh, rubber trees back in stock. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Those are the 10-inch pots, I believe. We've got those in the new trough house waiting to uh, to be loved. <laughs> nice. Yep. Nice. Yeah. And so you get the best of both worlds. You have your whole house. There's the one side is you get the tropical. Then you just go across the aisle. Then you're in the Christmas uh, Christmas wonderland of Suzanne over there. It's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, and there's so much to see. And people get so excited, you know, when you let them know there's a whole new space. And there's so much more to look at. And uh yeah, it's fun to watch people's expressions as well when they come to see. They know that there's Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and in the house, you have uh, Chris and Valerie and, and my wife Carolyn was in last week. They're all making arrangements. And mm-hmm. you know the, what, Merle? the three that amigos, was one, it's... That was one of the things I was going to point out, too, is actually Chris is stealing the show <laughs> with all of her yeah. stuff. And, um, you know, Val's getting her all set up. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's... It's, it's people, good teamwork. It's... It's fantastic, and and people are loving her stuff, including myself, because I've got her stuff too on my front step at home. But yeah, it's really nice stuff and the green well, smell. Yeah. And even if you want to get the greens, like we're we're making them right there in the greenhouse. So if you're there throughout the week, um, or right, Chris is I think coming in today. I yeah. know she was going to be off, but she had to come in because it's been so busy. Yeah, and uh, so. And she'll, and they're always more than happy to give you guys tips if you're mm-hmm. walking through the greenhouse, if you're just wondering what to do or how to arrange it, if you want to do it yourself, because we have all the greens and the things to do it yourself, or or if you just want, I know I had one lady, she had all her bundles bundled up, and I go, <laughs> if I can just show you how a little bit how to do it, and I rolled her over to where they all done. She yeah. just said, forget it. She put all her things back. She goes, I'm just going <laughs> to buy these ones all done. They go, they look so good. So it's kind they of funny. They do look good. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. We do have all the greens as well. And there's there, a lot of people are shopping. You know, their carts are full of the greens on top. And we have the um, the magnolia leaves in as well. And they are absolutely beautiful. They're in the store in some pots. But, mm. uh, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Everything you need to, uh, if you want to do your own pots and lots of the birch sticks, which are locally mm-hmm. gathered with a guy we work with here in Calgary. So, yeah, which is great. Yeah, that's there's lots of supplies that way, and then a lot of our tops are getting lots of attention too. And some of the new ones that I, I just sent you a picture because I completely we for, I forgot we had them. Uh, just just soaked them yesterday for us and put them up on the the rack in the old trop house. The transition oh, yeah. kind of in through, and so all those air plants are there. We've got. They're huge. Some of them are the size of my hand, and then they go up into the, the smaller sizes. But we've got so the large ones, and then some with red in them, some with pinks in them, and some with just kind of a silvery color as well. well that's a good way to merchandise them is in a seed rack. Eh? This holds them up perfectly. Totally. That actually works perfect. <laughs> no, yeah, what, does, those yeah. are gorgeous. Those are really nice Talantias. So Aren't they nice? Awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome, yep. awesome. Those are really so, good. Mm-hmm. Um. And as far as the Christmas plants, what do we what do we have? I know you said they, those aren't included in the sale, but what do you have on those and sizes, sorta? We still have um, so some of the the Christmas cactus. We've got the hanging baskets, and they're just they're they're just ready to burst with their colors. I've got one kind of on display that's in flower right now. So hanging baskets of those guys. I've got a couple of six inch pots still. The four inch I still have lots of, and then 
um, the cutest little two-inch pots, which are really cool because when people want all the colors, right, they can grab a few two inches and put them all in one container, and then they've got them all. Yeah, I love doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about the colors of poinsettias? What do you got in there this year? Oh, my. Uh, so the tricolor is the huge one. That's my favorite, um, which is the pink, the white, and the red. And those are in yep. the nice 12-inch pots. And then we've got pinks. We've got the uh, – forgive me because I received them and I can't think of the, the name. But there's like a – there's a marble one and there's a – Yeah, one's you know, called the Jingle Bells, I think. There's one. Yeah. Oh, rats. Anyway. It's it's out. It's out of my head, but there's a couple different kind of whites and pinks. Uh, <laughs> and then the red and the full pink as well. So, yeah, they're they're stunning. They're stunning. It looks so good down there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and if you're looking for, for any tropicals, and I'm just going to say thanks, Jen, for popping in and and sharing Absolutely. all your all your knowledge and uh, and let us <clears throat> let us letting us all know what's going on down there in the greenhouse. So yeah. thanks for your time and uh, you got it. and uh, Jen and the crew are down there all, all day today. So if you're looking for some trops and you get a good deal, they're buy one get one fifty off down there at the garden center today. Thanks, Jen. Awesome. Thanks, Merle. Take Have care. Bye bye. You too. Yeah. So lots going on down there, which is which is really lots of fun. And I got another couple texts here. I have a flowering crab tree, and I'd like to know when to prune it. Um, it, it depending on what's needed, if you're just doing thinning out a little bit, um, you can do it anytime. Just be careful not to do it too heavy a pruning on on your flowering crabs and stuff like that. You don't want to be taking any big, big branches or leaving stubs. I I always worry um, when I, when people are pruning. Just take your time. Um, removing crisscrossing branches, things like that really make a big difference. And uh, and if you need to tip a bit, if it's going a certain way or to even it up is good. It's But just cut one or two branches at a time, step back and have a look. Um, don't get stuck in the middle of your tree, which is very easy to do. And you're just looking up at it and you just keep cutting and cutting and cutting. And before you know, you look down on the ground, there's more on the ground than what's left on the tree. So so be uh, just be careful. Be conscious. You can't glue the, the, the branches back on. So then um, there's some good videos on how to prune. Or if you're just not too sure, give Mark a shout down at Prune It Up. And him and the crew would be more than very, very, very happy to come out. We got a great review. Um, Mark was working down in the Mount Royal area where we have some of the biggest majestic elm trees this past week in Calgary. And and him and the crew were looking after it. Two of the neighbors text in as well saying how awesome it was to watch these guys up in the tree. And uh, so if you're not too sure what to do, you can also give them a shout. And uh, they'd be more than happy to come out and give you a hand with uh, any of your pruning and uh, do that. Here we go, another one. Picked up my greens on Friday, sprayed them with wiltproof, then got creative yesterday. She goes, your greens are so beautiful and healthy. Thanks for your store. It's awesome. Yeah, what a great arrangement. Holy, if you're uh, if you're if you're bored or looking for a little extra time, we can put you to work. <laughs> really nice display. I love I love what you did with it. Great cement symmetry. Great pots. Looks awesome. Nice, nice, nice work. So, uh, and, and a lot of it is fairly easy. When you take your, not easy, but just taking your time, laying them out, getting the right things. She has some nice red berries, pine cones, birch sticks, a little bit of dogwood, 
and then there's a few other twigs and cedar and pine. Looks looks awesome. So good job on that. And right now I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Cloudy and minus 8 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Alberta confirmed 1,336 new cases of COVID-19 Saturday. Hospitalization rates are on the rise with 320 Albertans in hospital and 56 in the ICU. An Alberta MLA whose flyer stated the worst of the pandemic is behind us says it was printed before spikes in cases. In a post to Facebook, Miranda Rosen says the newsletter was sent to print in the early fall. It admits no denying that Alberta's case count is sharply rising. The search for a new name for the Edmonton football team has begun. Edmonton replaced its old team name in June. The team says starting today, fans can head to the website to vote on what the new name should be. Global News Sky Tracker weather cloudy today and a high of two degrees. It's minus eight. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And just thinking on some of the things we should be doing with our houseplants and and different things. Um, also, during these uh, these times where we could be spending a bit more time inside and we should be just trying to get the, the curve under control. And if we're going to be spending more time at home, you can look at growing some of your um herbs and you can definitely grow a few veggies in the house under lights and things like that so um if you kind of have that cool bright spot that's a great spot to to pick up and uh, and grow a bit of lettuce or some of those things like that um peppers you can definitely grow in the house um some of the things i don't know if i would go you could do some of the smaller tomatoes i don't know if i do the great big ones and things like that um i guess all depends on the kind of light you have in your in your home but it's a great time to do up on all the reading and getting things ready so first first spring because uh we're definitely going to be heading into another gardening season next year so um lots of things we can do to get ready for the season and uh and getting out into the yard on these warm days is it's a great time to do any pruning or trimming of your shrubs um again just looking at those crisscrossing branches if you're out in the yard anything that's broken or, or snap dead damage or disease branching is really what you're looking for up on your trees. So if you want to look at your trees, you see some stuff that's bent over or broken, things like that. Definitely a great time to um, clean them up because it makes them able to heal properly and they're not going to sit. And then that gets disease opened up into them. And we are able to prune elm trees. As I mentioned, we were up uh, pruning the elms um, down in, some of our larger tree stands in Calgary down in the older part of Mount Royal and things like that, which is kind of cool part of Calgary, which I totally love going through some of the old areas in Calgary just to see what, uh, what's out there. And, uh, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see the, the big old trees and how they're doing and, and they're just pretty majestic. So it's interesting to be able to, to have a look at those kind of things and uh, and have a look so you can see what those little trees, if you're in a new area, what they're going to look like when they get older. 
again, I didn't mention this, and I will, because this time of year, it's a lot easier to get in on the phone call. So if you'd like to give me a shout, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are both the talk and text lines. Um, if you haven't started your amaryllis bulb or brought it up from downstairs or wherever you have it, now is a great time to do that. You definitely want to pull them up and uh, and get them up and get them into the sunshine. I know we have lots of the bulbs ready to go in, in Calgary or down at the store, sorry, and they're they're ready for uh, to get planting and things like that. And if you do have your Christmas cactus or your Thanksgiving cactus, whichever it is at this time of year, what you want to do as well, um, you know, you want to let it dry in between waterings, just like all your other plants. Um, I move mine, uh, actually right now it's still in the window a bit, but I try to move it away from the real hot spot because this way the blooms will last a lot longer and uh, they'll be able to survive and, and just give you that longer period of time. If you leave them in the real, real bright window, your blooms will go uh, way quicker and uh, and it's kind of nice to be able to to let them last a little bit longer. So that would be my recommendation on all that. And uh, if you're looking at your evergreens outside, right now is a really good time, especially in this warm weather. Get out there with the hose, give them all a hose down, and and just wash all that dust, the dirt, and uh, any of the bugs that are in there. Because honestly, we, we had a bit of rain there the two weeks ago. It really didn't do much, so it's good to get in there and just give them a really good cleanup going, and that really helps your evergreens survive through the winter. And then if you have your tender ones, and I was talking about that earlier, is getting your wilt proof, and that's for all your tender evergreens, and then also for your Christmas or your winter porch pots, if you if you do those things with the, with the greens and things like that. And you apply it onto your cedars, calorie boxwoods, um, some of your junipers you can do, your upright junipers, maybe they're not as hardy. Um, your lower junipers, like your calorie carpets and things like that, you don't need to do it. You don't need to spray your spruce trees with it. They're they're fine. So I would just look at getting those. It does make a big difference, and uh, this really helps them survive our dry, dry winters. So if you'd like to do that, it's a great time. All right, and how much time do I got? 9.38. Well, why don't I go to the phone lines and I'll chat with Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Hi, Merle. Hi, how are you? Uh, well, I'm I'm okay. I need some <laughs> advice on my Christmas cactus. Okay. Um, now, I do have it in a south window. Uh, okay. It gets a bit of direct sunlight through the, uh, the wind. Not much, though, but it is bright. When the sun is okay. shining, um, and I had about a dozen. Well, it's full of blo- of buds, and uh, I had about a dozen blooming. But I noticed the other day they're dropping off a couple of them. Yeah, so. well, and the blooms, if they're still in the real bright light, they will. Like they last about a week each one. Yeah. So as they come, they'll go, and you'll see them wilt down. Yeah. Um, and you just want to make sure you just don't keep them too wet when they're blooming as well, because sometimes you'll mm-hmm. get the bloom drop on them. 
Okay. But I, I really don't do much different. I just keep trying to treat them like a house plant. I just water them, let them dry in between waterings. And, and when they are blooming, they maybe use a little bit more because they're trying to s- sustain the blooms. But you just yeah. got to be careful not to get them too wet, especially as our days get shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you have them in the right area. Okay. And I, I wouldn't fertilize or anything until they're done blooming. And oh, then that way okay. you can give them a shot of fertilizer okay. when they're done. Okay. So, now I have been misting them. Is that a good idea? Um, there's always, there's a few people that think it, it's good or bad to mist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find, and what we used to always tell me was if once you start it, you kind of got to keep doing it. It's the same as like, if you put cream on your hands all the time and then you <laughs> stop doing it, you spoil it, them. Yeah. You get dry. Right. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah, it's one of those ones. I think it's better to work. I, I could just get them climatized for the for the house as it is because you don't want to be misting all the time so i i prefer not to mist and most time it's not going to really do a lot okay. um you could do a little rock tray underneath some of your areas if you want to build some of the humidity up in your house mm-hmm. but uh humidifier hooked to the furnace as well but yeah. it's just something that you just do and sometimes if you if you stop doing like i was saying yeah sometimes you cause more harm than good because they get used to being spoiled and uh <laughs> And when you stop, then you're <laughs> you're hooped. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyways, hope that yeah, helps. I was just I was just concerned when the you know some of the buds dropped off. Yeah, you just yeah. if you just gotta watch that you're just not keeping them too wet. That's the one of the biggest I, things. Well, I was is, really careful with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just let them dry in between. Okay. And 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 you should be fine. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for calling. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero, and that is the talk and text line. Got another couple texts I can go to. Um, got this one text that says, "Why does this plant have so many aphids and no roots?" I was given this plant. Do you know anything about it? But it is sprouting. Actually, it's an aloe vera, and it's unusual. They usually don't get much aphids, so. Any of those branches that are kind of looking a little bit wonky and and not looking great, I, I always just pull them off, um, use the aloe out of them, but it just saves the energy for the plant so it's not wasting it. So any of your house plants or or things, if you're looking through, um, if you're going through your house plants of Sundays, your plant care day, if the if the leaves aren't looking great. That's I, I just take them off because they're if they've gone brown or if they're really yellow, um, they're not going to come back for the most part. Um, or if they're wrinkled up, I, I just I prefer just to cut them off. Let the plant all that energy will go into great big nice new growth, and uh, you'll be much happier that way. And the plant will be happier as well because its energy is uh, is going through. But if you do have aphids. Um, one thing you can use is the pure spray green on them, and that works really good. 
but you need to do it like sort of five every five days for three consecutive cycles just to get the, the get the cycle broken um and just be careful um it could be fungus gnats the soil looks a little bit moist and an aloe is very much like a cactus it is a cactus so i would just um let them dry in between waterings and again not to the point where it's it's wilting bone dry but you can definitely let them dry out in between watering so um that's what i would do with that and and it just says yes for the dying ones can i cut them absolutely yeah you just cut them off if they're not looking good go, go as close to the base as possible and uh just snip those off and if there's any aloe in there that you can salvage or whatever you can squeeze it into a little jar or just use it if you if you just need to rub it on your hands or do whatever it is you want to do with your aloe <laughs> you're more than uh, welcome to do that it won't hurt anything as well so a couple other things i like to do throughout the winter when i'm when i'm um tied in the house for for long periods of time uh, it's a good opportunity to um, take your house plants into the shower like i was saying to you earlier hose them down give them that really good drink that they need going into winter if they've already been really dry just soak them through so the water goes through and a lot of times your soil will bubble and that will tell you that it's really quite dry so that's a good thing and then give them a shot of fertilizer i would just um, for most of the houseplants, a good 20-20-20 is great for them. If they bloom, like orchids or or any of the other houseplants that you typically want blooms, you want to use a 15-30-15. And except for gardenias, hibiscus, things like that, you want to use a 30-10-10. They like it a little bit more acidic and uh, and prefer that to get them going. and. And typically, you'll cut back your watering. If you're a very scheduled watering person, at this time of year, you want to slow down the watering and you want to water just when they're dry again. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255, 1-800-563-7770. And we do have... Um, somebody from Chin Ridge Seeds. They're calling in at 10.05. We're going to chat about birds and i find them to be a huge part of our garden and i enjoy seeing them um, being being out in the yard it's sort of a, a reality show and we're fortunate i live down closer to the bow river valley so we get lots and lots of uh, the geese right now are just going crazy i know my wife's fascinated with the geese and uh it's pretty cool though. They they're coming in. They and they're on a pretty scheduled thing. It's it's kind of neat. But when you're when you're down by the water, um, take the time to have a look at. And there's so many different types of ducks, so many different kinds of geese. Um, so have a look. We have swans here, pelicans in the summer, um, lots of different like probably 18 different varieties of ducks that you'll see along the river owls and if you're on the southern end i find that you'll see more of the osprey and some of the big bald eagles and things like that but a lot of them you'll see around the water so take that walk go for a cruise around and uh, go down by the river if you don't usually there's lots of great pathways throughout the city 
and uh, it's a great pay- place to do the social distancing, get out and get that fresh air going into you. And I got Pat, who uh, trying to figure out his phone line. When he texts from his phone, it doesn't come through. So he's texting me from his daughter's phone. And I've looked and I've talked to the radio station. They have no idea. So I'm not too sure if it got blocked somewhere before or whatever. So I apologize to Pat. But it says, Merle, usually my rosemary blooms when I bring it back in in the fall, but not this year. Did the same fertilizer light? Any ideas? Um, I don't. Because typically... Uh, the only thing I would think is it could, and I'm not sure what size of pot, Pat, because it looks super healthy. Like you know how to grow rosemary better than uh, anybody I see because rosemary is usually not a plant that sustains good health for long periods of time. It's one that I see a lot of people get and they just they look good for a little bit and they tend to, to get dried out. So good job, Pat. It, uh, your your rosemary looks phenomenal and i would just again maybe give it a bit more fertilizer you have a lot of foliage there and if you haven't transplanted it it's maybe ready for a little bit of soil because you have a lot of growth on there and then hit it with the 15 30 15 and see if you can get it going or give that a little bit of a trim back take about 20 percent off of it and then let the new growth come and maybe it'll shoot out some blooms at that time but man Looks super healthy, so nice work on that, Pat. Looks great. And I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And if you'd like to join me, again, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Those are both talk and text and uh, definitely getting a few texts in there. So, And uh, Pat was saying he generally cuts his uh, rosemary back in the fall and gets these tiny flowers. Huh. But... Uh, yeah, maybe just give it a maybe just give it another little shot. Give it a thing of of uh, fertilizer, and like I said possibly. Um, and he's had it going for seven years, which, like I said, is very impressive. I I find them almost to be disposable half <laughs> the time, and sometimes on some of those, I I don't have as much patience. I'm a more of a traditional houseplant type person. So, a um, few of the things I can chat about is. Uh, things to do for your plants into winter time and maybe what not to do. Like there was the one call we talked about wrapping your cedars. <clears throat> I totally, I, I don't like to see them wrapped. I do agree. You can, if you want to put a wind block, like if you want to put some stakes in the ground and uh, put some wire, then put some burlap up or some snow fence around some of your evergreens just to get that snow drifting. So if you usually put that about six feet out, and typically on the west or north side of your trees, um, you'll get the wind blowing and then the snow will drift on that other side and it'll create a nice little area of snow cover for your trees and shrubs if you if you don't have any snow areas and those type of things. But for cedars, I just prefer to do the wilt proof and, uh, and that will protect it definitely enough and you're good to go on that for sure. 
And another thing is um, with your with your uh, poinsettias, what you want to do is just, again, treat them like a, just like a houseplant. Let them dry out in between water. And again, do not mist. I, I prefer not to misting on your on your uh, poinsettias. Again, you create that false environment and once you stop, and then with our water being so hard as well, it can cause some leaf damage and things like that or lots of leaf spots on your on your plants and on your poinsettias. So I would uh, I would avoid those kind of things. What you can do, and I mentioned earlier, is is if you have a tray of rocks underneath some of your plants and you want to just fill that tray up every so often just to build the humidity, that makes a big difference um, for, your, for your plants in the house. And, uh, and just a, a constant fertilizing over the winter is is very beneficial maybe not quite as much as what we you would do throughout the summer but if you if you gave your things a shot of fertilizer once a month once a month it definitely wouldn't hurt it and uh and you should be good to go on that and one thing i would do with my evergreens is uh, just get out and look looking for any dead damage or disease branching at this time you'll see that and if you can remove it yourself, just make sure you have a good sharp pruners or a good little saw, and and you can remove some of that stuff yourself if it's damaged. And if you're not too sure, you can call a great arborist, and they'll get out there and give you a, a hand with some of that higher branching. And that comes into play when you're putting on your Christmas lights as well. Um, just be careful on your trees and shrubs when you're out there putting the lights on. Most of the LED lights nowadays do not cause any ill effects, but the older ones, those big bulb ones we used to have, there was cases where it actually heated the the trees up and would create a little bit of a microclimate and get them going again and almost force them in, in the wintertime and they get them budding. So with most of these, all these new LEDs, we don't have to worry about that at all. But right now i got to go to break for the news. When when you get back, we'll chat some birds. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and minus 8 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Ontario is reporting 1,534 new cases of COVID-19 today, along with 14 new deaths as Toronto and Peel Region face a lockdown. Roger Ward reports. The case numbers are down from a record of 1,588 in Ontario yesterday. Health Minister Christine Elliott says 490 of the latest cases were identified in Peel Region, 460 in Toronto and 130 in York. Toronto and Peel, which have long seen the highest case counts in the province, are set to enter the lockdown phase of the pandemic tomorrow. Non-essential retailers will close for in-person shopping, personal care services will be suspended, and restaurants can only offer pickup and delivery service. Roger Ward, The Canadian Press, Toronto. A flyer sent out by a UCP MLA claiming the worst of the pandemic is behind us is alarming some constituents. The mailer sent out by Miranda Rosen, who is in Kananaskis, Banff, also encourages Albertans to be optimistic about the future of the economy. Many people have taken to social media to share their concerns, questioning why the flyer is contradicting what Alberta's chief medical officer of health and the premier have been saying for weeks about the danger of the virus. 
Associate Professor at Mount Royal University, Lori Williams, says the situation is puzzling. We're in the midst of a very serious health crisis. We are not doing better, but rather worse than most provinces. Uh, and there are serious concerns that are being raised around this. It shouldn't have been sent out at all. Rosen took to Facebook and wrote the flyer was printed in September and only delivered to mailboxes this past week. Blood Tribe police are warning of a highly concentrated batch of drugs following a number of overdoses on the reserve Friday and Saturday. Global's Courtney Davidson has more. Police and Blood Tribe EMS say they have responded to 15 overdoses on the reserve in southern Alberta over a 24-hour period starting at around noon Friday. Of those, one person has died. At this time, officials said the death is not considered suspicious and an autopsy will determine the cause of death. According to the most recent opioid surveillance report from the province, there were 3,028 emergency and urgent care visits related to opioids and other drug use in the second quarter of 2020. Police are urging the community to check on their vulnerable loved ones and alert authorities to any information regarding the import or sale of illicit drugs. Courtney Davidson, Global News. A judge is dismissing U.S. President Donald Trump's efforts to block the verification of votes in Pennsylvania. Shelley Adler has more. U.S. District Court Judge Matthew Brand ruled that Pennsylvania officials can certify election results that currently show Joe Biden winning the state by over 80,000 votes. He said the Trump campaign presented, quote, strained legal arguments without merit and speculative accusations unsupported by evidence. Trump tweeted after the ruling that he couldn't understand why Biden was forming a cabinet when the president's investigators had found, quote, hundreds of thousands of fraud in votes, a baseless claim for which Trump has supplied no evidence. Shelley Adler, Washington. The Edmonton football team is closing in on a new name. Right now, you can head to esks.com backslash name to look at and vote on a list of potential names for the team. Chris Presson, the president and CEO of the Edmonton football team, says they will stick with a green and gold color scheme and they hope to keep the iconic double E logo. We are seeking... Names that begin with the letter E, uh, as creative as you would like. We take every name seriously and unsolicited. We've gotten over 3,000 names already over the last two months. So absolutely, we want your input. We're looking forward to seeing what names we we make it out of it that we haven't thought of ourselves. The campaign closes December 1st, and the team estimates the name change will cost the franchise $1 million. Global News Sky Tracker weather cloudy today with a high of two degrees, partly cloudy tonight with a low of minus three. It'll clear tomorrow and a high of zero. It's minus eight at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and... Got a couple of quick texts. With Christmas around the corner, what type of fresh Christmas tree is best for lasting the longest? And uh, cheers. And uh, his last name is Frazier. So interesting. The Frazier fir <laughs> is uh, the best tree in Calgary, I find. I used to bring in some of the balsams and and some of the other noble firs. I just find that they drop a lot of needles. And the uh, Frazier fir, it, it most fragrant, holds its needle the longest, 
But again, your Christmas trees will drink um, up to two liters a day for the first four to five days when you put them in if they get the fresh cut and done properly. So when you go down to the tree lot, and I know this is how we do it, if you come in to spruce up, one of, the, one of the guys out in the tree lot there will take it. We'll do a fresh cut for you. We'll just ask if you're setting it up within the next 24 hours. If you are, we'll do the fresh cut for you, trim off the bottom branches. But then when you get that into your stand with a good, good reservoir of water, and uh, we have a little bit of the Stay Fresh or the Christmas tree preservative, you put that in the water, that opens the capillaries on the tree and able for it's able to drop lots of water. But up to two liters a day um, without trying some of the bigger trees. So um, so that we'll know if it's drinking or not. So just don't let it dry out. Keep filling that bucket um, two or three times a day to make sure that the water's getting into it and that way your tree will stay nice and fresh. But right now we're going to chat with, I know I have a couple callers, but we're going to go, we have a guest called in from Chinridge. It's Kelly, I believe. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day out there. Um, the birds are just very active this morning. I've been getting a bit of a kick out of them in my backyard. Uh, the jays like to think they're the kings of the backyard. But I've got this uh, big northern flicker that uh, just came, just moved, you know, just came in. And those jays just showed respect. So, what what part of Calgary or what part of Canada are you in? We're in southern Alberta here near Tabor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you still have blue jays and stuff? We do, yeah. Yeah, I awesome. have a tremendous number of blue jays right now. Wow. So what do they like? If so, if you're if you're getting them into your into your yard, what what do, they like more than nuts, don't they? Or they yes, they do actually. Jays like um, they like striped sunflower seed as well. They even okay. like whole corn, um, but they love peanuts. I mean, peanuts. Uh, our our mother nature's J mix is a great mix because it's got yeah. peanuts and stripes and. But they just, I mean, the peanuts are their favorite and uh, it's really neat to watch them because they'll sit there and they'll shake those uh, especially the in-shell peanuts they'll give each each nut a shake they'll pick up two or three <laughs> and then they'll take off with the one they want so that's pretty yeah cool. and, the, and then the bigger nuts it's kind of neat because it's fairly easy to clean up the pe peanut or the peanut shells and stuff mm -hmm. um but when you get all those little ones like the the shelled sunflower it's it's nice not having that mess to clean up it is and um like that's one of the things that uh you know in winter time we we encourage people to feed uh foods that have high oil content and sunflower seeds are one of them and you know mixes that have a high percentage of sunflower seeds and and particularly sunflower seeds that have no shells on them are great nuts are great but the sunflower seeds themselves um, they do, the ones that have the shell on, when those shells, you know, the birds will take the shell off and it'll fall under the feeder. And they do actually have a property in the shell that will will prevent other plants from growing. So uh, you do have to be careful if you're feeding those uh, those seeds to clean up under the feeder or 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 else use a mix that doesn't have, uh, like our Mother Nature's No Mess Gardener's mix, that doesn't have, or, or pure uh, medium chips that has no shells, and then you won't have as much work to do with cleanup of shells under the feeder. No, absolutely. And and that's where if you're using a good quality seed like your guys' is, it, you're not going to get all the filler stuff that the birds just toss off to the side like my kids do with the veggies. 
on their plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, that's the thing, especially at this time of year. I mean, these little birds, you know, I mean, in a very cold winter day, it takes a lot of energy to keep going, to fly, to forage. And so they need food that is going to, um, you know, give them that high oil, high fat content to keep going. And so when people are looking at mixes, in the, you know wherever they're shopping, hopefully at your at, at spruce it up. You know if they if they look, what are the first few ingredients on that bag? Because if yep. the first few ingredients are uh, wheat, corn, or milo, you know that that there's just not as much energy content in that seed, and it just. So you're looking instead to look for uh, mixes that have a high. But that big bag's rent. only twelve bucks. I know, I know. <laughs> it's hard to resist when you it's when you go see resist. them at some of the box stores. Yeah, that big. I know. Thing. But but when you look at it, most of it isn't bird seed though. It's just filler to make it look a bit of an illusion. And but I, I know it works when you do do the good food because we get so many people coming back week after week or every couple of weeks and they love their birding it. They treat it like that's their, uh, uh, reality TV show outside and you just, it, it's enjoyable, right? It's a great hobby and it, uh, helps the birds through the, through the winter and, uh, and things that, so what's, what's the best way, like, can you go into the winter? What should we do to clean our feeder and stuff like that? Like, should we clean it or what do we need to do? Yes. Yeah. It's a good idea to, to uh, take your feeder down periodically every two weeks or or even more frequently just to keep it clean because birds birds have um, you know when they're sick they like us they'll infect other birds and oftentimes it, uh, that infection happens through bird droppings so it's really important to keep your feeders clean um, so that there aren't a bunch of droppings on the feeder around the feeder or in with the seed um, very important to keep them clean, and that just helps protect those birds from getting sick from each other. And uh, so, what we what we recommend is just a little bit, tiny bit of soap, a small amount, just a little bit of bleach in there. Take a toothbrush, just give a wipe over once over on those feeders to clean them out, uh, clean them off periodically, let it air dry, and then you can put them back out, fill them up. Okay. On, what if you have some of the compost? You can throw them in the dishwasher if you wanted, or. Uh, if you have what? Like if you have some of the, more of the plastic ones or oh. the or those composite ones, could you just put them in oh, the dishwasher? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I, I think you can do that. Brush those off. Give it a yeah. I mean, and and the dishwasher will have a nice uh, <laughs> hot hot uh, disinfection cycle yeah. as well, right? Yeah, it cleans them up nicely. Okay, and another. What about water? I, and I've been we've been trying to find, and we're we're trying to find heated bird bass it's just and i found a guy hopefully he's going to be able to get us some but it's been hard to find the the supply to the states and that has been horrendous well right now uh 2020 has been a banner year for bird feeding with so many people at home working from home the hobby has really grown and so those kind of uh, products are in short supply right now um yep. but um even if you can't find a heated uh bird feeder uh, or bird bath. Um, there are strategies you can use with a with an unheated bird bath to okay. also make it work in the winter time. So, uh, probably not in extremely cold days, but on on an average day, if you have uh, a bird bath, what we suggest when people go out and buy a bird bath is that they look for a shallow one, uh, more kind of like frying pan shape than than deep. Yep. You want a shallow one, kind of a rough 
bottom so birds don't slip when it gets icy. And then if, it, if it's a dark color, it's really helpful because it can absorb the sun's rays and then that gives off heat and keeps the water more open in the wintertime. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Or you could even put in some sort of like a pond lining or something to make it dark. And then um, we put it in a, a sunny part of your backyard so it gets lots of sun. And then the other thing that we recommend in the wintertime is that you put um, a few rocks or something in your bird bath to give birds a place to perch because in the winter, especially on really, really cold days, birds, it's not a good idea for them to get too wet. It's hard on them. They could become sick. So, so having a place to perch and still access and drink the water, that's ideal. So, but yeah, I mean, if you can find, uh, if you guys could get bird baths in that have a heated element, that's, that's the catch me out. Yeah. It looks like we have, but uh, just, it, it just, the, the pricing has gotten, it's just, it's amazing what, what they're going for right now. Just the supply and demand, but there is some smaller just heaters that you can put into your existing bird bath, sort of a de-icer. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at those because they seem to be a little bit more price effective yeah. and, uh, and a little bit more readily available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which makes a big difference. So um, what kind of birds can we expect to see over the winter here in our area? Yeah. So, and it kind of varies a little bit throughout the winter. Like right now, what I have in, in my backyard is I have a lot of nuthatches, blue jays. I mentioned that I had that big northern flicker. I have yep. uh, some morning doves. And I have a lot of sparrows as well in my, in my backyard. That's what I have. But one of the, pages, or one of the um, things I like to watch is uh, on Facebook, there's a, a group called Alberta Birds. And I'm a member of the Alberta Birds. Yeah, I follow that one page. as well. Yeah. And it's neat to see what other people are getting in their backyard right now. So right now I'm seeing a lot of chickadees, grosbeaks, uh, waxwings, uh, downy woodpeckers. And, and the, the red pools are starting to come back. And I also saw, and this was really exciting for me, that there's a few cardinals uh, that have been sighted around Edmonton. And cardinals are those beautiful red birds that are normally only really? in Ontario. And they're moving. So, they're they're coming west, are they? Let's hope. <laughs> they're turning to be a little more conservative. They had enough of that out there, so they're moving west. <laughs> well, Perfect. I think they're probably not going to be here long, <laughs> but but uh, they are. So, anyways, it's just neat to watch that Facebook page and see who's who at the feeder right now. And so, those are the kind of birds you're going to see over the winter here, um, as as we go on through the winter as the days get colder. Okay. And what about suet cakes? Like, what do you? Th- what's your thoughts on those? Oh, those are awesome. So suet is made of animal fat, and it is an excellent food for wintertime. Uh, it, uh, you know, birds can easily. I mean, there's no shell on it. They can easily access it. It can quickly digest it, and yep. it's an excellent energy source for birds. Suet is just awesome. And the other thing with suet is that, you know, it appeals to uh, birds. You know, there's birds that are more seed eaters and, bo- and birds that are more insect eaters, and it appeals to, you know, all all birds, even the ones that are primarily insect eaters. Okay. I'm getting a few texts for a few more questions for you. I got one here. What is the best deterrent to keep the cats away? We put up bird feeders and the neighbor's cats come around hunting the birds. Oh, cats. You know that cats are the biggest, um, in terms of uh, bird mortality, there's been some studies that show that cats are the biggest 
threat to birds, and I think the second biggest is actually window strikes. <clears throat> but, yeah. um, but in terms of cats, I mean, the thing to think about is is having your feeder far enough away from the ground that those acrobatic cats can't jump up and grab a bird. And then also, um, you know, trying to make sure that there's a bit of shelter close. Like if you can have your feeders close to, for example, uh, an evergreen bush or something that dance yeah. on, then the bird's not likely to be able to, or the cat isn't likely to be able to perch in that bush. And the birds can quickly, safely, you know, you know, fly from that bush to the feeder and back, yep. and then there's less chance of having an issue with a cat. I, I, I had to laugh. My neighbor across the way from me, Miles, he has he had his uh, bird feeders up, and he has a cat, and, but he has them quite high, so they can't. But the bird just or the cat just sat out there for hours staring at this, <laughs> and but he. Like he he put the feeders out, but he he couldn't believe how many blackbirds we got. Like we're down by the river, mm-hmm. but he had the feeders out, but just mass massive blackbirds. Yeah, you know, um, blackbirds, grackles, um, they can be a real challenge at bird feeders at certain times of year. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are a challenge. The best strategy there is sometimes you even have to take down your feeder for a little bit just to distract them but the other thing is to put up feeders that are very difficult for them to perch on like a tube feeder with very tiny perches so it's very difficult for them to get at that food that's those are the strategies that but those those guys are tough to beat yeah absolutely okay a couple more real quick ones is peanut butter okay to feed birds so peanut butter there's a little bit of, of, of discussion on peanut butter um, there's some people who are a bit concerned that birds might have trouble with it being stuck in their throat or something. What we like, birds love peanuts and they love peanut butter. I, I think the the best way to um, just ensure it's safe is to put peanut butter on seeds or roll some seeds in it or something so that they have something. So create your own like a little suet thing, right? Yeah, so it's more suet like, and so it's a little easier for them to get that seed down. And uh, yeah, they love they love peanut butter. Okay, and one other good little uh, um, thought is a couple of hints. People are asking, um, and they're just suggesting using the heated dog bowls and then just put a few rocks in there, and that's actually would work really well for that as well because I know they're more available. And really they're the same as a bird bath, and the cost is about a quarter because when they put a bird bath tag on it, they seem to put the price about 100 bucks more. Yeah, that, so. those will work. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just make sure you get that up high somehow, like yeah. higher off the ground. And and it, they're usually a little smaller, so you can have a few less birds there okay. at a time. But, yeah, something like that also works. doesn't have to be awesome. fancy, you know. Um, nice. And uh, and the name, you guys are from Chin Ridge. We're just going to finish up here. But um, the company you're with and the brand of seeds that you guys carry is called Chin Ridge Seeds, correct? And uh, we're it's Alberta no, company. No. Well, we are Chin Ridge Seeds. We're a family-owned Alberta-based company. Yeah. And the brands that we make are Mother Nature's and Bird's Choice. And uh, we've been making bird seed for 25 years or more now. And uh, if people are looking for more information on backyard bird feeding, I suggest they can go to our website. They can go to mothernaturesbirdseed.com, and there's lots of information there. 
Awesome. And uh, I know like when we finally hooked up with you guys, it's been over a year now. Um, we were super happy with the, the bird seed that you guys are supplying us down at Spruce It Up. And it just, again, when I found a local Alberta company, um, whenever possible, if I can make it work, I, I always try to. So I really Thank appreciate you, you guys' product and uh, and thanks for calling in. We'll have to do a couple more. These are always really popular over the winter time. So yeah, nice we'll make sure we chat. Thank you so much, Kelly. Yeah, Take thanks care. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Again, that was Shelly and or Sh- Kelly from Chinred Seeds. And I'm just going to take a quick break and we'll come back. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I have to talk about this one. It's kind of a kind of reminds me of uh, Sylvester and Tweety Bird and some of the cartoons that some of us grew up with. <clears throat> Probably a little bit more of my audience. Um, hi, Merle. An old electric fry pan makes a good heated water source for our winter birds. Put some rocks in it and scrap wood and put it on low heat, of course. But this reminds me of uh, Elmer Fudd or whoever tried to make uh, <laughs> the water look like a just warm bath for uh, for Bugs Bunny. <laughs> and anyways, no, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines and... We're going to go to Merlin. Good morning, Merlin. Hello. Hi there. How are you? You're Merle with that I-N. That, well, with a Y-N, the feminine version. <laughs> oh, that's me, too. I'm, my name's M-E-R-Y-L. So. Right. All right. How can I help you? Well, I'm asking how to look after this lovely little mm. Norfolk pine I bought for a Christmas tree that okay. I would like to enjoy for years to come. It's about... Okay. A foot high in a six-inch pot at present. Oh, nice. They make a great house plant as well. And uh, they're fairly slow-growing, but they can get quite large. So um, like in 10, 10 years or so, you could have a, a good-sized tree on your hands in your house at that mm-hmm. time. But but there's no reason even just to trim the the branches every so often, like once a year. If you see a bunch of new growth, you can just sort of cut some of that new growth in half, just to keep it a little bit tighter as okay. it grows. Um, I and keep, I and, off and the it, ends. yes, because that'll okay. keep it thicker. Yeah. So when it sends out new growth, you just sort of cut the new growth in half. All right. And that will keep it tighter. Um, they don't like to be too wet, and they don't like to be buried too deep. Okay. Actually, I'm just going to put you on hold, and when I get back, we'll we'll finish answering. I lost track of the time, so I didn't look at the clock got going. Um, so, Merlin, I'll just put you on hold, and we'll come right back. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and minus 6 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Alberta Health says one person has died after a reported outbreak at Foothills Medical Centre. The outbreak happened in the medicine unit and was reported to officials Friday. The deceased, a woman in her 60s, was one of two patients linked to the unit that tested positive. A Red Deer City Councillor is calling on the provincial government to instate a mandatory mask order province-wide. Ken Johnson said it shouldn't be up to municipalities themselves to figure it out, and there needs to be clear direction from the government. 
New documents show seven provinces have now signed on to a federal rent assistance program created as part of the national housing strategy. So far, the Liberals have only announced deals with four provinces to deliver the housing benefit to vulnerable renters. Global News Sky Tracker weather cloudy today and a high of two degrees. It's minus five. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. And we're going to go back to the phone line and we're going to chat with Merlin again. We were just uh, discussing her, her issues with her plants with uh, Norfolk Island Pine. Fertilizer. They like a 301010. So they like a evergreen fertilizer. And if you just give it to them once a month is lots. But just make sure if you if you haven't transplanted it yet, I would look at getting it into an eight or a ten inch pot. But when you plant it, don't plant it too deep. Like mound it up in the pot a bit. Like okay. sort of when you put the soil, have it stick out a little bit and then mound the soil up to the trunk. Um they just don't like to be planted too deep. So and, about uh, a, an inch or so over the root ball? Yeah. Yeah, not maybe a half inch, inch, and then just sort of mound up the soil to it so it looks like it's sloping away from the trunk of the of the main stem of the tree. So and, that the uh, soil is sloping away from the... Okay. Yes. Yeah. So it looks like it's just, yeah, sort of like a little peak going up. And that way the water, it doesn't sit in water because all the evergreens, they don't, they don't like to be buried deep, no different than our spruce trees outside. So. Right. You will. Uh, you should be fine on that, and uh, just let dry in between waterings, but not too too dry. They can they can run a little bit drier, so um, you don't have to you don't have to about watering them every three days or anything like that. But if they get a good drink every couple of weeks, you'll be fine. A drink every couple of weeks. Yep. <clears throat> so when it's dry down past your second knuckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can depend on the size of the pot. You can feel it when you give it a good water. You can feel the weight of it. And yeah. then once it's dry, feel how heavy, and you'll see the difference. Okay. So, all righty. So I'll let it dry out good a little bit yep. between watering. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling in, Merlin. Thank Take you. Care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. And what else did I have here? I was going to mention one more text, but I can't. Uh... Oh, yeah. I didn't get all my bulbs in. I got from Spruce It Up. Is it too late? And what do I do with the bulbs? Love your show. Um, if you can dig into the ground, it's still fine. Like if if you're able to dig down on these warm days, um, if you can get down and plant them, it's still you can still do it. If you have like a drill bit or some like a drill little mini auger, something like that, you could still plant them. If not, just put them in a cool, cool, dark place. Um, you could put them into a pot, and depending on what type of bulbs they are, um, you could just put that pot in an unheated garage in the soil and sort of treat it like the outside, and then you can force them that way. Or you can put them into a fridge, and you could force them um, on that as well. I don't, I, I'm not going to go right into all the details on that, but we can do that at a later date. But that's you have a couple options what you can do. But try and get in the ground. The ground shouldn't be totally, totally frozen yet. And uh, hopefully you can get that in there and see what happens there. Right now I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Eleanor if she is still there. Good morning, Eleanor. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? 
I have a Hoya plant. It's okay. approximately three years old. It's in a small, small pot. Yeah. Um, and I would like to get it to bloom. And I was wondering if, if putting it under a grow light, um, like a, do you sell a grow light light bulb or something that would force Yeah, actually it? we do. Yeah, we have the full spectrum bulbs that you can just screw into like a regular lamp or, lamp. or to a, a plant or a light shade that shoots down. Absolutely. And would, that's would that the easiest way. Okay. It, it will help or just a good bright light. But the bigger thing is, is the, encourage i don't know if you fertilize it and if it's in a real small pot it might need to get for or transplanted okay i thought that a small pot would force it to bloom um that is but if there's it depends if you're if you're steady on the fertilizer that will help then because then you got to okay. force it but if it has none of the phosphate left in it it'll more just deteriorate so okay. the the when growers do it, they pump them full of food and they grow them quick um, and then they get them root bound. Like when you see an azalea or something like that, mm -hmm. um, when you pop those azaleas out of the ground, they're just so root bound like crazy. But that's okay. what they've done. Absolutely what, what you're saying. fertilizer would be a choice? 15, what 30, 15 okay. is the best for your blooming. It's a great all-purpose. Yeah. And just uh, make sure it's in a good bright light. And yes. it doesn't have to be right in the window or anything, but a good bright light, and uh, and you should get that thing blooming. And okay. I know I got my lipstick plant is just starting to bloom again, and my two Christmas cactus are blooming like crazy right now. So, okay. so I, I, once, I, a month, I, once a month yeah. fertilizing is okay? That's perfect. Okay. Especially Super. with the new soil. That would make all the difference, too, because then it's able to sprout out and go from there. So. Okay. And I just had one other quick question. Sure. Unfortunately, I didn't get to talk to Kelly when she was on the line. We have had, over the last year, problems with the flickers in our yard, pecking on our house and our chimney yeah. and that. And I was wondering if there is something that you can use or do to deter them do from Do you have stucco? Like, do, you, do you have that no, new acrylic stucco? Siding. Really? Okay. I yeah. usually don't see them go after that. I, they love the... Um, the new acrylic stucco that you'll see on a lot of the houses because it's a styrofoam in behind, and they just okay. love poking holes through that. I haven't seen them go after that. So you could try some of the deterrent, some of those things that you hang or like an owl or something like that. Okay. Yeah, there's some deterrents, and there's some of those things that it's a bird deterrent. It kind of spins. It's a shiny thing. But I find okay. the owl works pretty good. If you get the one with the head that moves – Okay. And and uh, last, so they bounce last, around it. Pardon last me? year you could hear them pecking on the chimney. Like I was on the phone with my son one day and he says, what's the noise? And I said, oh, those are the flickers on our chimney. Yeah, no, you'll get those. And I think they do that to keep their beak sharp. I don't know if that helps sharpen them up, but they oh. love that. They're, yeah, I'll see them do that around here as well, around my house. They'll go up and um, oh. they'll just bang on that. I don't know if that, like I said, helps sharpen their beak so when they go after the wood, <laughs> Sort of like a little knife sharpener. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But, well, you know what? Like people, like they're smart, right? And they figure things out. Like you watch a squirrel, or you watch certain birds, or you watch animals figure stuff out when there's food involved. Mm -hmm. They become pretty smart, right? And they realize, hey, if my if my beak isn't that sharp, I need to sharpen it somehow. So they go over there and do it. Then that way they can dig into the bark and get those bugs out of the trees and things like that. So it's a uh, it's pretty innovative when you sort of when you get to pay attention a little bit to some of the animals and, and different critters that we have around us. So 
Yeah, well, we have a, an, a fruit tree in the front yard, an ornamental fruit tree, and they're always in the fruit tree, so they're lovely to watch, except Absolutely. when they start going after your house. Yeah, no, and uh, and it's more the noise, I guess. Would they? They're not poking through the vinyl siding, are they? Or I haven't noticed any of that yet. Okay, good. I mean, I know the neighbor was. They were having a problem last year, and they were on our house all winter, and. So it's it's just was interesting when you had the bird lady on, and I thought, oh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that. So on the, on the vinyl side, and usually they do it where they can they can poke through and things like that. So, all right. Well, thanks, Thank Eleanor. You for your help, and have a great day. You as well. Have a great rest of the weekend. Bye bye. All right. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Or 1-800-563-7770. That is the talk and text line. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And what do I got here? I got a quick little text here. Love your show. I bought new potting soil to transplant some indoor plants. I am frustrated with the little black gnats. What do I do? I'm using the sticky sticks and also do spider plants need a bigger pot. Um, They do need to get transplanted because they spread out like crazy. When they get too root bound, they'll just multiply and they'll send out lots of babies which which is a good thing as well so they don't mind being transplanted when when you'll see when it's hanging over the pot fairly heavy um that's when it's ready to and the fungus gnats and that's what people are using the mosquito dunks for they're they're breaking apart the mosquito dunks and these look like little um little pucks i guess and uh they're breaking that mixing it with water and then they're watering in, and that will kill the fungus gnats. Um, so that is one. But one of the other biggest things is just watch how much you're watering. Like just let things dry out in between waterings, and uh, we'll go from there. Right now I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Helen. Good morning, Helen. Oh, hi. Good morning. Hi. Have, how can I help you? I have a ficus tree, and I believe it has nice. mealy bugs. Uh, okay. It. And I'm just wondering, uh, how can I get rid of them? And also, do these mealy bugs live in the soil? Um, typically, no. How big of a plant do you have? Like, how tall is it? Well, I have one that's about uh, four feet, and I have one that's about uh, eight feet. Okay. So you're, you're dealing with some larger ones. So I was going to say you could take it in and, and give it a hose down, but that's going to be harder for you to do. And if you can see where most of the mealybugs are, one of the best ways is just rubbing alcohol. And oh, yeah. you just I have done that, but you know they come Q-tips. back. I, yeah. I used a Q-tip, and I, <clears throat> I used the alcohol, and it's right where the leaf meets the stem of the leaf. There's that little... Okay. Thing yeah, that looks that's because that's where the new growth is, right? And they get the juice coming out of it. Right. Um, the other way to do it is pure spray green. But what you need to do is then lay a sheet out or something or a piece of poly, put the plant on there, just so if you're spraying it, you're not going to be getting it all over your floor and things like that because it's an oil-based um, product. Yeah, I didn't get the name of that. It's called pure spray green. Pure? P-U-R-E? Yeah. yeah. 
spray green. Oh, and, I've never heard of that. Okay, and what do I do really with that? Well. I spray it. Yeah, yeah, you'll spray it sort of uh, once a week for maybe two or three weeks in a row, and you just have to get up there. Just spray wherever you see them, and uh, just spray in those areas, and and then just like after a week or so, wherever you can rub them off, you can physically do that as well. They take a little bit to get under control, but if you get it before they get really infested, you'll be okay. Well, the bigger one is quite infested, but do they live in the soil then? Because I did this Typically, no. And, you know, I did it on every leaf, and then they came back. And so that makes me think that they're in the soil. Well, that's why you got to do it. No, they probably laid eggs up there. So you got to break the cycle. That's sort of when I'm treating plants with pests. I typically try to do it three weeks in a row because if there's any eggs or anything left up there, you got to get them again because otherwise those babies just hatch and then they're there. So you just got to – and I like to do five-day cycles. Some some people like to do a week. I like to do five days. It seems to work a little bit better. So when you're spraying them, then are you spraying the soil? As well? No, you could spray the soil, but I, I find the mealybugs aren't in the soil. They're they're oh. a foliage. They're going after the foliage. Okay. All right. I have one other question. Can you buy neem oil in Canada, or is that no. not permitted? Well, not in- for plants. You can you can get it at um, health food stores, but they've taken it off the market from the garden centers because I, I read they, that. Yeah, they want it to be registered as a pesticide, and the money that it costs to register is just um, there's not enough uh, return of investment for someone to do that. The amount of money they want. It so just, you mean at an organic store, or or what are yeah, you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like a health food store. Yeah, yeah, you can get neem oil there. Okay. So and just do a little bit of research, make sure it doesn't have anything else mixed with it, because I know neem oil is used for all kinds of different things. So just try and find the pure neem oil and okay. uh, and see if that helps, too. Okay. All right? Well, I'll try yeah. that. I wish they didn't take it away from us, because it, it was such a great product. But the pure spray green and I read is... online that you can't buy it unless you can buy it. <clears throat> they said in the cosmetic form, you can buy it in Canada. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of silliness, isn't it? Yeah. Where can I get that pure spray green? Because I live up in the northwest part of the city. Yeah, I, I just, I know we have it at Spruce It Up. And with the new ring road, it's a nice, easy drive coming out to see us. So I know we have it. I'm not too, I don't believe too many other people carry it. Okay. Um, it, it's just been a product that I find it's the replacement for the neem oil. It's, it's just, it's such oh. a great product. It's okay. such a great product. So when I use the the alcohol and the, and a Q-tip, you just dab it where where that little mealy bug is. Yep, yeah, and just rub it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I've been doing that. Okay, well, I'll try that then, and thanks very much. All right, we'll see you. Right, yeah, bye-bye. 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 All right, and I'm just going to take a quick break, and after the thing, I think Allison is still on the line. We'll chat with her. Um, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm going to go back to the caller that was calling about the birds on the siding. And I just had someone text, and this kind of makes sense. If you have spider webs on your siding and fence, 
the magpies will eat the bugs out of them. So maybe that flicker is on your vinyl siding if if you have lots of spider webs and that, and it's just going on there and eating the the bugs out of the spider webs. And so a way to prevent that would be to um, hose down your house and get rid of the spider webs and uh, get rid of the buffet of spider webs with the bugs in and on your siding. So there's a good tip for you. Right now I'm going to go to Allison. Good morning, Allison. Hello. Hi there. How can I help you? Hi. Um, okay, I have a couple questions for you. The first one is about asparagus. I planted seeds in the spring, and then I planted them outside in the garden. Yeah. And they grew really nice. And I'm just wondering, do I leave them in the ground, or do I need to bring them in for the winter? No, you leave them in the ground. Okay, great. Um, and the next one, I'm moving indoors for this. I've got, I've got a few um, really big plants that are kind of outgrowing their pots like they just keep shooting up babies one is like um i think it's like a mother-in-law's tongue yeah the sense of area yep yeah it's more like a blue color or um, yeah yeah there's yeah there's a lot of different varieties of those so that's nice yeah so they'll just keep sending out new new shoots and if you get lots you you can pop them out of the pot and you can split them apart there it's almost like a tuber so if you get a sharp knife you can cut them in okay. half and then transplant them into another pot. Okay. And what about a Boston fern? I've got one. It's probably about 10 years old, if not more. And it's been in the same pot and it's just like, it's huge. And I just don't know how to, what do I do with that? I'm pretty sure it's extremely it's probably ready to get transplanted. Yeah, absolutely. And you can cut it back a bit, but if it's doing really well, I would just Again, I, you, I'd put it into a, maybe a pot that's a couple inches bigger mm-hmm. um, and then transplant it and uh, let it continue to do its thing. It's hard to shrink those. You can, and uh, I, I would hate to do it, but you could cut it into a third, like you could cut into okay. a pie shape and, and try that. Um, but, man, you've had luck with it for 10 years. I'd sure hate to, to lose it at that point. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, my daughter wants a piece of it, though. So um, do you know how? I I would just do, if I was to do it, I would do it with a sharp knife. Like I would just go, I'd pop it out of the pot, and I would just slice out a piece of the the root ball, Mm -hmm. pull that out, transplant it, and then fill that in with soil. Or we have lots of great um, Boston ferns at the store, and they're all buy one get one fifty off right now. <laughs> Ooh, really? Is that just yeah. Boston ferns, or is that no? All actually, the all our tropicals today, like for this weekend, are all no uh, buy one get one fifty off. Yep. Hmm. So hmm. you might have to come down for a visit. Oh my goodness! Yes. What time are you open till? We're open nine to six. Okay. Um, and one more question. Okay. Is about my lipstick plant. Okay. I heard you bragging about yours, and I would like to brag about mine as well. So, um, again, I've had it for about 10 years, and it's just kind of scraggly growing out of the pot, but then afterwards it, it starts filling out and branching yeah, out. Yeah, so again, a fertilizer once a month, 15, 30, 15, okay. really makes a difference, and a good, uh-huh. a good well-lit spot. Okay. And the pot, does it have to be like in um, orchid mix or is it? No, it, it just likes regular potting soil. 
Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. like an air plant. No, and if you get into a good potting soil, like for your tropical plants, most mm-hmm. plants just love that. Like that's that's perfect, except for orchids, where I would go to the bark. But other okay. than that, you'll, you're fine. Alrighty. Okay. And can I just cut that off and put that back in the dirt if I want to make more? Yeah, absolutely. They they take cuttings fairly easy. Perfect. But that's it for me. I'm out of time here. Thank so thank you so uh, much for your time. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Allison. Have a great day. Maybe we'll see you later on. Bye-bye. Yes, I hope so. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, till next week, stay safe, wash your hands, keep uh, keep your distance. Let's uh, try and get through this so we don't all have to lock down and uh, let's all do our part. Until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.